0: Did you know that the shorter we sleep, the shorter our life will be? Professor Matthew Walker from the new science of sleep and dreams. Have you ever said, I'll sleep when I'm dead? Or pushed through your work, possibly doing an all-nighter, thinking that you'll catch up over the weekend? The most current research shows that this is a really bad idea, as Matthew Walker, the author of the book, Why We Sleep, tells us that lack of sleep attacks the hippocampus where memory and learning take place and increases the risk for various forms of cancer. We've covered the importance of sleep on this podcast in many different places, including a bonus episode in December of 2020 where we talked about sleep as one of the top five health staples that we should all pay attention to. But Professor Matthew Walker reminds us that as we're getting older, Our learning and memory abilities fade and decline, and that a physiological signature of aging is that our sleep gets worse, which contributes to cognitive or memory decline. I don't know about you, but as I'm going through the next 50 plus years of life, I'd like to have a sharp memory in addition to a healthy body that can help me do the things that I want to do with work and family. And when I find something that's new and interesting, I'll share it with you wherever you might be listening to this podcast, so it can help you in your personal and professional life. My hope is that today's Brain Fact Friday makes us all think about how we can improve our sleep, memory, and overall health as I share the most current research and how I'm applying it for improved results and productivity. We're now nearing the end of Season 7 of the podcast on brain health and well-being, and we'll begin Season 8 in June on brain health and learning. Having a theme for each season helps me to stay focused on the guests we bring on, as well as the questions that I'll ask them. If there's a topic of interest to you, please do send me a message and let me know. Today, we're going to take a closer look at the importance of sleep on our learning, memory, and overall health as we prepare to speak with the world's leading expert on sleep paralysis, Dr. Balan Jalal from Harvard University, who will help us to connect the brain to some of our weirdest sleep experiences with the hopes that this connection can help us to all learn something new and perhaps use some new strategies to make sleep a priority that will in turn improve our memory and learning in our waking hours. While researching for our next interview with Dr. Jalal, I've been looking at what some of the leading experts have discovered about dreams and sleep. I did explore what I was learning on episode 211 on the neuroscience of dreams, expanding our self-awareness to open up the door for this interview, and I always want to remind everyone of episode 104 with Antonio Zadra on When Brains Dream, but today I want to highlight how our sleep is important for learning and memory consolidation, hoping that Dr. Jalal will deepen our understanding of our dream world take some of the mystery out of what happens to our brain during sleep, and bring some strategies to the forefront that we can all use to improve our productivity in the 16 hours of our waking day. So why is sleep so important and critical to look at for our health, well-being, and productivity? Professor and neuroscientist Matthew Walker, from the University of California, reveals a recent study with adults who got six hours of sleep versus eight hours, and they noticed that in the six hours of sleep group, that certain genes were turned off. The immunity genes, that we all need to fight disease and viruses, and the genes that were turned on were the genes that produced tumors in the body. We've all heard of how important sleep is and how it's non-negotiable for our health, but this study puts sleep back on the map for me to keep investigating to see how else it can be improved. After our interview with Dr. Jalal, I hope to show how our dream time can benefit our wake time and how we can use our sleep time for improved creativity, focus, and productivity while we're working and awake. Since lack of sleep attacks the hippocampus of the brain, where memories are first formed and then consolidated from short-term to long-term memory, I wanted to share some strategies where our memories can be strengthened with or without a good night's sleep. I share these two strategies with you as I recently had to draw on them. And while listening to Stanford professor and neuroscientist Dr. Andrew Huberman's most recent podcast, and it was on understanding and improving memory, I made some connections to the memory-building techniques I've been using while Dr. Huberman showed how science proves these strategies to be grounded in science. If what Matthew Walker says is true and that as I'm getting older, my learning and memory abilities are fading and declining, it would make sense to me to find some ways to strengthen my memories to prevent this from occurring. Last week, the day before interviewing Dr. Marie Gervais for episode 214, something really weird happened, and I lost the questions for our interview. The good thing is that it was the day before the interview, so I had time to recreate them. But what was interesting is that I relied on my memory to do this quicker than if I had to start from scratch. While I know I don't have a photographic memory where I could remember every word by detail, after listening to Dr. Huberman's podcast on improving memory with science-based tools, I could see how science really helped me in this situation. So how can we use science to strengthen our memories? I have two tips. Tip number one is by taking a mental snapshot in your mind. Until I heard Dr. Huberman talking about this as an effective science-backed method for improving our memory, I wouldn't have believed it myself, even though I do this all the time. He drew on a research article about photographic memory where he explained it's not in the sense of remembering every word of writing on a page, like some people can do, but a bit different. Something he's been doing since he was a young kid, and something I've done since I was young as well. It's when we take either an actual or mental photograph of something we want to remember. And the research says that it's something we choose to remember ourselves. It's got to be volitional, Then our memory of this snapshot is enhanced. And even if we delete the actual photograph, if we took one, that we should still be able to recall every detail in the image from our mind for years to come. So how can we use this in our daily life? I thought about this example with recreating my questions for Dr. Gervais. Because I was in an emotional state while reading her book and creating her questions, you would think this is what would help me to remember when I had to recreate them, because her book, The Spirit of Work, was all about connecting to her at the soul level. I had the research and went through each point and remembered where the questions came from, but the places I could remember the questions clearly were the ones that were connected to images I'd seen, whether on social media or somewhere. And I remember thinking, yes, that goes along with what I want to ask. And then the mental image recall happened that helped me to remember her questions. If you want to try this, take either a mental or an actual photograph of something you want to remember. It's got to be volitional, not something someone else wants you to remember. It's got to be something you want to remember. While taking the photo or imagining it, Pay attention to what you're seeing. Where is the picture? What's in the background? Is there a person in the picture? What are they wearing? Is there anything about the photo that would allow you to pinpoint the month the photo was taken? Are they wearing something that stands out? Where are they standing? How are they standing? What's behind them? Is there a window in the photo? What's outside the window? Is it daytime or nighttime? Now that you've got your mental image delete it or stop thinking about it and wait a week and see how much of the image you can remember. With practice you should be able to recall details from these mental or actual snapshots many years later. Dr. Huberman did say that research showed that although the image could be recalled that the auditory along with the image would be diminished or that vision trumps our auditory senses. Tip two is highly emotional states plus adrenaline equals enhanced memory. Dr. Huberman shared a study that was done by Cahill and Mago that showed when you're in a highly emotional state, adrenaline is released. But what's interesting about this study is that it's not the emotion that stamps the memory down, but it's the presence of adrenaline that solidifies the memory. He said you don't need to take anything to spike adrenaline, you just need to find what works for you, and if it makes your eyes go wide and your breathing increase, then you've spiked your adrenaline. He did give some suggestions of ways to recreate this adrenaline boost in our brain that enhances memory and learning without using repetition, which is the most popular research-based strategy for learning retention. He gave examples like ice-cold baths or showers to increase adrenaline, or exercise that I use often. So how do we use this in our daily life? How do you approach learning and memory? With this research in mind, did you think about stamping the memory of what you want to remember with adrenaline? Have you heard of strategies to increase adrenaline in your body, like a cold shower or a cold bath that stamps down your learning? I talked about this with Dr. John Rady when I interviewed him on episode 116 on the revolutionary new science of exercise in the brain when I told Dr. Rady that in order to study neuroscience, writing these episodes, and make sense of it all, I had to run up a mountain or do some sort of rigorous cardio activity in order to be able to sit at my desk and actually understand what I'm reading. Dr. Rady agreed that I needed to create the neural chemicals needed for learning and retention. So how do you approach learning and memory? Exercise, cold baths, or some other method? I'd love to know and hear your ideas. So to review this week's Brain Fact Friday, did you know that lack of sleep attacks the hippocampus, the part of our brain that plays a role in learning and memory? If we want to protect this part of our brain, then paying attention to how much and how long we sleep is a responsible next step for us to all focus on, in addition to working on strategies that can strengthen this important part of our brain. We covered two tips for implementing how an understanding of our brain can improve productivity in our life with the mental snapshot strategy that will allow you to remember anything, even if you've deleted it by paying attention to whatever it is you want to remember and then practice this to strengthen this part of your memory center. If you're like me and have deleted something, you'll never have to worry because it'll never be lost when you've backed it up with a mental snapshot. The second strategy of enhancing our memory is with the idea that it's not just our emotions that make our memory stick, but the presence of adrenaline and to find ways to increase adrenaline naturally, like through exercise or some other method to create the neural chemicals that our brain needs for learning and memory. I hope you've enjoyed this episode and that you've taken away something to improve your brain health and well-being. I'll see you next episode with Dr. Jalal, where we'll see what we can learn about ourselves by diving into our dream world. See you next time.